Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. Once again, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful time celebrating with your extended families and staying warm and safe, I hope. I hope your gift giving was in the spirit of the greatest gift ever given, the birth of the light of the world. Into the dark night of the soul, God became the gift, became human, Emmanuel, God with us. God as one of us, being born as one of us, suffering as we suffer, enjoying the blessings of family and synagogue, growing in understanding, praying to the transcendent God whom he intimately knew in the way of prayer. Jesus says, 100% human being taught us what is possible when living life in a vital, dynamic relationship with the God of Israel. Jesus knew God as Abba, an Aramaic term which may be translated as the familiar daddy or papa. Jesus lived in a radical moment-by-moment relationship with this intimate God, depending day by day on God to provide all things. Living in poverty from the very beginning, teaching, healing, and relying on the generosity of others to feed and house he and his disciples. He lived in peace and faithfulness teaching and healing and forgiving during a time when the new version of Herod 
ruled the promised land with an iron hand, often using violence. The fearful, coercive, and violent ways of this ancient world resulted in the death, ultimately, of this innocent man, Jesus, on a cross of humiliation. We do know the end of this story, don't we? Jesus lived in a brutal time when three-quarters of all people lived in some form of slavery or indentured servitude, whether it was a lifelong servitude or a temporary result of being enslaved to pay off a debt under the crushing taxation of Rome. Three quarters, some estimates go as high as 90%, were enslaved in this world. Jesus knew the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, the First Testament, discerning his call to redeem the world in those scrolls, understanding the faithful and loving nature of God because of the stories there, because of the First Testament's life-giving story, Jesus was able to live in daily freedom, to live in this kingdom of God that he was always talking about, to live in freedom as the reign of God is near at hand, he would say. Announcing to the world how near God is, how intimately involved God is in the welfare of especially those who suffer, that the kingdom of God is at hand among us and within us. In this morning's scripture lesson, Matthew gives us Christmas whiplash. From the joy of the manger scene where heaven and earth seem to be in harmony, it really is a tragedy that we missed Christmas Eve, isn't it? It is that quintessential night that we experience this peace on earth that eludes us so much. From this joy of the manger scene, today we hear that Mary and Joseph are now threatened by the murderous power of Herod. The darkness of the violent and coercive ways of the world are threatening the light of the world. Guided by a dream, this family flees for its life to Egypt. To help us understand this sudden turn in the story, Matthew records the many parallels of Jesus' life and Israel's history and story. 
Matthew clearly saw the similarities between Jesus and Moses. The parallels with the beginning of the faith of Israel when God liberated Israel from, the sl- from slavery in Egypt. The violent and repressive Pharaoh seemed to Matthew identical with the violent and repressive Herod. The rescue of the infant Moses from the Pharaoh's murderous violence as, as well. A desperate mother putting her baby in a basket to float alone on the Nile. You can only imagine the desperation of that mother. This story parallels today's story of Mary and Joseph fearfully fleeing from the promised land to Egypt to escape the murderous violence of Herod. Both live in a time of slavery and fear, coercion, injustice, and lament. The lament of the slaves in Egypt, hear our cries, O Lord, and the surprise that God does hear and sets them free. And Matthew's telling us that a voice was heard, quoting Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. Lamentation is a part of faith. At times, grief and sadness for those who suffer is a part of our experience of faith. Matthew also understood the important role of dreams and dream interpretation in both the Old Testament and the New Testament story. The first Joseph literally saved the fledgling Hebrews from starvation by interpreting the Pharaoh's dreams rescuing both Egypt and the Hebrew slaves from famine. And today we hear about the dream of the second Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. Matthew says, When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. I think this is the most important parallel of all. Joseph got up and went. 
Joseph obeyed to protect Jesus. Moses heard a voice at a strange burning bush and marched into danger confronting the Pharaoh as God had asked him to do. And surprise of all surprises, the darkness of slavery, God's light of freedom created a new possibility for these Hebrews. But freedom is not easy. They actually yearned at times for the predictability of the slavery back in Egypt. But as Israel wandered in the wilderness, they gradually learned to rely on God for their daily bread. Manna, they called it. They learned the importance of remembering that we are all wanderers, sojourners here on earth, relying day by day on God and the gift of the land. And when they settled in the promised land, they learned that we are entrusted as stewards of God's creation, that all sojourners might be fed and live in the light of faith and freedom. This trust in God is implicit in Matthew's account of the faithfulness of Joseph and Mary as they protect Jesus. Joseph simply has a dream and follows God's guidance. It just says Joseph got up and went. Many of us get the idea somewhere, or maybe it's a deep psychological wish, that when we have deep, mature faith, we will ask fewer questions. We'll be less confused about the faith. That life will be easier, that we'll not be confronted with suffering and the darkness of life. We'll simply be able to pick up the answers to life's question somewhere along the way. We're not quite sure how. And we fantasize that more mature Christians can always find the answer in the Bible, no matter what the question may be. Isn't that right? When we take the Bible seriously like we're doing this morning, we often experience spiritual whiplash because the Bible just isn't an answer book. It's a question, it's a storybook about our sacred relationship with God. We thought we would find easy comfort and peace in the Bible, especially at this sentimental time of Christmas. And what we find instead is a challenge and more questions than we want to have. We're challenged to get up and go, to follow, to discern dreams, to 
exercise our freedom as we live in the light in the midst of the darkness. This story, it's called, this is uh, traditionally called the slaughter of the innocents. This killing of infants two years old or younger around Bethlehem. From the beginning, Jesus' birth demands that we take the suffering of the world seriously. We're confronted with the truth that the coercive ways of the world are not the way God intends. That we are called to be different, to live in peace in the midst of the storms. But how do we do that? First of all, the spiritual life is not an achievement that we can control. It's a gift which is given as we confront the many questions and struggles of suffering and finding loving ways to live in the midst of the darkness of life. I'm going to read a a quote from the great mystic Meister Eckhart from his book of secrets, he calls it. He puts it this way. Everything glorifies God in its own way. Yes, darkness too. The one out there and the one that hides within me in my difficulties and tribulations. And what, after all, would God be without darkness? For it is where God wants to be so that light can have its way with me and my darkness. Light can have its way with me and my darkness. There's literally no question which can threaten or or destroy our faith. There's no amount of confusion that can break this relationship with Abba. In fact, it's mysteriously in the yearning of questioning and wanting to know more and wanting to learn more and wanting to develop spiritually and morally. It's in this yearning that we're found by the living God, Abba, our Papa. We are empowered to become the double meaning of the Christmas story. On the one hand, the comfort that unto us a child is born, Christ the Lord, our Savior and salvation. But on the other hand, a very human Savior, fleeing the darkness of this world for the safety of being an immigrant in Egypt, guided only by dreams 
What a story. From the beginning, Jesus' birth demands that we take seriously the suffering and injustices of the world and that we find our place as God's agent of love and peace in the midst of the darkness. And as we come to this mysterious meal that we call communion, we remember that Judas, Jesus' undoing, was seated there among them. The way the world is plotting and scheming and coercion and violence and betrayal, in the midst of the darkness, Jesus proclaims the light of the world has been born. That we are one with each other, with one Father, one Abba. And that as we get up and go, as Joseph and Mary did, Abba will travel with us. Thanks be to God for that. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844-971-971. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.